in. So we are in week six of our series on the seven I am statements of Jesus. This week we are going to be looking at another one of his very famous statements where he claimed that he is the way, the truth and the life. Incredibly important. So what I want to do to you today, for you today, is just to read the scripture. And we're going to read from John 14, verses 1. And we're just going to read through to verse 6. It starts off, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, but believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am you know the way to the place where I am going Thomas said to him Lord we don't know where you are going so how can we know the way Jesus answered I am the way the truth and the life no one who comes no one comes to the father except through me this is such an important thing for us to actually understand and comprehend that this so important statement that jesus makes that i am the way the truth and the life actually comes in the context of of a doubting question you know we talk about thomas the doubter or doubting thomas and here he is, doubting that he actually understands the way to God. Really not quite comprehending the situation. But what we need to realise is that it's not, a, it's not a thing about saying, well, doubts are really not something that you can't have. Doubts are important because they allow us to discover more about something. It's just succumbing to the doubts that let us compound things and just get on top of this that we need to compact. We need to be able to go, this is something I want to explore, this is something I want to know more about. And having that question given to us by Thomas, well, we, we don't actually know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Opens up an incredible statement that Jesus makes, and we're going to explore the three aspects of that and then just have a little look at how we can put that into a practical framework for ourselves what it actually means is jesus said i am the way i am the truth and i am the life so if we're to break it down i am the way such an important statement declares that he is the only way to god the father to jesus christ is the only way to salvation it's a really big statement. It's a really important statement. Let me just put this for you. I just kind of want to give you an illustration, kind of an understanding so that we can kind of come to it. Say that um, you've come into a new town, a new location, and you really don't know your way around. You've left your iPhone or Android phone or whatever, Pixel, Pixel phone or whatever it might be at home, and so you don't actually have any smart maps with you. And so you want to get to the location where you're going. And, and, and what 
what do you do? Well, you go up and ask somebody and they suddenly go, well, actually, yeah, I know where it is. You've got to go down the road, two blocks, turn left. Once you've turned left, carry on for another three blocks, then turn right, go past and through the park, and over the other side, you should see the church over there. You've got to go right at the church, and then you've got to go another 300 metres further on, and then hang a left, and you should be there. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I give anybody directions, you know, it's hard enough just to tell them how to get out of this place back into the highway, and saying, well, actually, you just go left, and you need to do a little dog leg, right, left, right, and then go down, and you should be down there. You know, we forget things pretty easily and pretty quickly. If you think about it, Giving directions is not actually the way. It is knowing the way to get somewhere, but it's not the way. See, let, let, let me just rephrase this. Let me put it all back together in a way that may make more sense. Say you're in that location and you come across a person, you ask them, I, I want to get to here. And they go, well, actually, I know the way. What I'll do is I'll take you and I will guide you to there. And so they walk with you to the location. Now you're not getting lost because you're not trying to remember some sets of rules, but because you know that this person is guiding you in the right direction. It is very similar to us when we need to understand about Christ. He's not a set of directions. He's not a set of things that we need to remember. He is the way to God. You follow him and you will get to God. He is the direction. He is the way, the how to get to God, how to have your life have meaning much more than anything else. We can trust in Jesus Christ. We can open up our lives to him because he will never abandon us. We know that we will be in safe, loving arms of our father because of Christ. He then went on and said, you know, Jesus said, I am the way. And then what did he do? He went, I am the truth. He didn't go, I want to teach you the truth. He said, I am the truth. See, the thing is, the truth, truth is a standard by which all things are measured. It's a standard that we kind of live up to. It's not, you know, I'm going to tell you about the standard. Jesus says, I am the standard. I am the truth that you're meant to, to understand, that you're meant to live by, that you're meant to come to. This relationship that you will have with me is what makes the difference. Follow me. Follow my path. I am the one that will be able to show you what is real in life. It's funny because we've actually come, and, and you know, we talk, in our world today, we actually talk about that we're in a post-truth world, which is funny because you, you, you wonder, well, how can you be post-truth? They're kind of, you know, people say it, and I don't want to get into too deep of kind of philosophical argument and metaphysical argument about any of these things. But I have, a, I have a sneaking suspicion that we talk about being in post-truth when we want to justify our own understanding about things, when we don't meet 
what is actually there. What is a truth? We talk, uh, well, uh, you know, I, I, I believe in a post truth. You know, Donald Trump does this all the time. It's news and fake news and other news, and we make up our own things about this. It's, it's, believe it or not, it's the reality that we live in this world where people think, well, if it's okay for me, then it's, it's all right, I'm not bothering you. But believe it or not, when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to the time, there will be a reckoning around the truth. And the truth is in Jesus Christ. He is our standard. He is the reason and he is the why of all salvation. He is the way to the Father. Do we conform to our own standards, our own truth, our own set of rules and moralities? You know, even when we do form our own set of rules and moralities around our life, you know what happens? We've pulled them from various places because most of them make us feel good and justify ourselves for the actions that we do and we want to do. What we actually need is we need a truth and a standard that we can live up to, that we can be measured up to, that we can try and adhere to that is beyond ourselves. And Jesus is that standard. He is the truth. And then Jesus goes on and he says another thing. And it's a little bit of a repeat a repeat from last week that he talked that he is the life. Not only is Jesus the way, the truth, but he is also the life. It is so interesting. Because a lot of people think that when Christians talk about eternal life, it's always in the future. It's always beyond the veil of death. And yes, that is in many essence true and correct. But what Jesus is saying is he is the life right here, right now. It's not something, you know, don't just profess Christ on your deathbed and do whatever you like during the rest of your life, but change your life now because it is about that Jesus is the life. He will give you life and he will give you life in abundance. That is what we are meant to be having and, and believing in. That Christ sent us, the one true, Christ was sent, the one true God, so that we may know and have eternal life, not just in the everlasting, but here right now. That you can have life everlasting right now. Life beyond what you are thought possible for yourself right now. Now, last week I posed the question. I posed the question, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? This week I want to ask exactly the same question. Do you actually believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life? What difference does it make in your life? Do you truly believe that? Let me put it into a practical thing. And what I want to do is go back to the beginning of the chapter that we just read where it says in chapter 14 of John's Gospel, it says that in the very first verse, do not let your hearts be troubled. So this is the framework that Jesus is giving this promise about himself, about that he is the, the way, the truth and the life. He is giving this promise, this description to who he really is in this framework. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. 
If that were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going to a place to prepare for you? And if I'm going and preparing a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. He's doing it in this framework. See, for many people, and I think this is so true, many people are worried about all sorts of things. And, you know, do not let your hearts be troubled is another way of saying, do not be worried about things. Do not be worried about life. Life of, and, But let, let me not just be glib about this because we actually need to be really honest about what, we, what we're saying. We do worry about stuff. We worry about children. Those who are parents, we worry about children. Those who may be um, uh, in, in a relationship with somebody, we worry about that other person. We worry about our own health. We worry about finance. We worry about where we're going to live. We worry about what meals we're going to eat. We worry about what government we have. We may worry about the environment or, or you know, um, what car we drive. We, you know, it could be anything that we worry about. But you know, the, the thing is, worrying about something is about taking that moment and time and just stewing it over and going, well, what am I going to do? How is this going to happen? Where am I going to go? What, what's going to happen in my life? And we start actually not believing the statement that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We actually start believing that worry and problems is all going to, going to be all that we have. See, the reason that we need to not be worried, and Rick Warren says this in, in one of his talks that he gives, worrying is a warning light that God is really not the first in my life at that particular moment. So think about it. When you get really worried about something, what are you doing? You're going over and over the same thing in your mind and you build it up. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had this myself. Now, at times you've wondered, how can I pay for something? You know, you, you've made a commitment about buying a vehicle or whatever it might be. Let's just throw that out for an example. And you lay awake at night going, the final repayments are coming close, the final repayments are coming close, what am I going to do? And you start spinning over and over in your mind. Have you ever had that thing going, and I can see people worrying, you know, spinning over and over, that's worry, taking hold of you in that particular moment. And you know what? The worry has taken control, and you are not claiming the promise that Jesus has given you. Turn to Christ in that mind. Pray in Christ and ask for Christ to calm allow Christ to say, claim you once again and turn your mind to Christ. What can God do in this situation? If you're worrying about life, then we are questioning within ourselves whether we truly believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. We need to be careful. Yes, there are times, there are important things to, to actually be concerned about. And I want to use the word concerned rather than worried. I think we do need to be concerned about things because concern will get us to the point of action and change. And we do need to change some things. There, you know, when we face injustices, we need to correct them. These are the things that we need to be concerned about. But don't become worried to the point of crippling. See, what worry does is it cripples us. So how can we get our eyes off the worries that we have onto the one truth that we really do have, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. 
Well, we need to believe in God to start with. This is the first thing that we need to really do. Worry will take hold when we actually have no faith. Faith will guide us through. Faith will give us an ability to face problems and issues within our life that are so much bigger than we, but we know that our God will take us through and will guide us through these valleys, the shadows of death, through the problems that we have, that he won't give us any issues that we cannot resolve with Christ with us. Now, Corey Teen Boone spoke of an unravelling effect of worry in our lives. She said, Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it empties today of its strength. You notice what happens when you worry? It's actually a feedback loop. You start believing the negative things that are, you're playing in your head and you start coming to the point where you can be crippled from just worrying about the situation. It does has physical effects, this thing. You know, it raises blood pressure. It'll cause hardening of arteries. It'll, you know, it'll put wrinkles in your face. Age will do that as well. But worry will do it even better. You know, it'll put dark circles under your eyes because you get lack of sleep. Worrying won't make any problem go away. It won't help you deal with the problems. The only way to deal with that is to have faith, to truly believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, that Jesus Christ is the truth of all things and we can measure, we can strive to measure up to God's standard in through Christ and that he gives us life and life eternal even right here, right now in the midst of our problems and heartaches. We know that Christ prepares a place for us so that even if the, the situation takes us from this earth, we know that Christ has prepared a place for us eternally to be with him always. And that is such a great comfort and that's, that's why so often this reading that we have is actually used at funerals because it is a great comfort to realise that the person who has passed away that has faith in Christ will be with God and live everlasting. And that we too that have faith in Christ will be with Christ everlasting. And it's so important for us to understand that. It's so important. It's interesting I think this is interesting because I was reading this the other day and I saw this and I thought this was really a very, very important and salient point for us. That there are times when we choose just to know the things that we want to know, that we will not choose something that takes us beyond our comfort zone. It's a story from the Second World War in... in um, it was actually in... I think it was in Japan, and and what was what was happening is that you know that this Japanese officer, before the execution of prisoners, would give them a choice. Do you want to be shot by a firing squad, or choose this unknown door? And the majority, almost everyone, always chose to be shot by a firing squad, because they were afraid of the unknown. That there. And when asked later on what was behind the door, he said, Freedom. There's actually a passageway that led outside of the prison. 
So sometimes we worry about the things and we're trapped by the things that are always there in front of us. And the unknown quality of Christ is going to take us to a new location to give us the freedom. We're afraid to even take that step. We need to be brave enough, strong enough to be able to claim the truth of Jesus Christ, that he is the way. Yes, he is the way and the only way to God. He is the way to salvation. He is the truth of all matter. He does set a standard for our lives and that we do actually need to meet that. And we strive for that day in, day out. And he is the life that only he can give us. That is Jesus Christ. So let me ask you that question again. Do you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life? That he died on the cross and rose again. That he appeared to many disciples. That is believing in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and the life. That he was raised again and he's ascended into heaven. He's seating at the right hand. He's praying for each and every one of us. That we may have life and life in abundance now. So let us just pray together now. Let us ask God to come into our lives in a powerful and meaningful way much more so than what we had yesterday, that Christ will be with us, that God's Holy Spirit will be with us right now, changing our lives. Our Lord God, we give you thanks today that we can explore Scripture in a more deep and more thorough way. Jesus made many statements and many claims, and none more so powerful than this that he has claimed that he is the only way to God, that he is the truth. He is the standard, that we can trust in him and that he gives us life, that he is the life. May we take these statements of who Christ is and may we take them as promises for ourselves today that we may truly believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life and that we can come to God through, through him and our lives may be made whole and renewed because of what Christ has done for us and because of who Christ truly is. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.